fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And stress is an inevitable factor in your life and in the lives of the people in your organization. A fit, healthy team is an energized, effective team, but it is not enough to just tell your people what to do, you need to show them. If you want your people to have a better quality of life and a more rewarding career, then it is vital that you lead from the front. Your choices, your behaviors are in the spotlight. My name's Jay Unwin, it's time to get fit to lead. Welcome back to Fit to Lead with me, Jay Unwin. Today, my guest is keynote speaker, author of Networking for Dummies and founder of the networking retreat, Stefan Thomas. And we chat about his own recent fitness and well-being journey, how that has impacted his business, and why hustle and grind is very rarely the answer. Don't forget that on the first Wednesday of every month at 11am UK time, I run a free webinar called Level Up Your People. If you're interested in coming along, then you can head to fitbodyfitmind.online forward slash level up and get yourself registered. Hey, Stefan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. This is... Second second day back after having a few weeks off sick as such. So yeah, I'm good. Thanks very much. How's that been, coming back to it after a few weeks off? It's been really frustrating. Um, not coming back to it. Coming back to it is is, is great. I'm, I'm out speaking tomorrow, but having to not do anything for a few weeks is... Well, probably about six weeks when I've since I've been able to do any physical activity. That's been frustrating as hell. It really has. I think especially it's especially the case when you're kind of normally such a such a busy guy. Um, anyone who's who's quite um, you know dynamic and uh, I, I don't like the word busy, but I guess I'm going to use it again. That enforced downtime can be quite a struggle, can't it? And yet it can be so necessary at the same time. Yeah, it has been. I mean, physically, I've been able to do very little, and for the first week, ten days. Um, I wasn't able to do much at all because I was you know, taking painkillers and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, glad to be back today. Glad to be out again, driving up to Birmingham this afternoon and then um, at the, the show that you know about tomorrow. So, so yeah, good to be back. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's good to have you back, Stefan. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to start off with the question that uh, I ask everyone at the start, a nice general open-ended question. You can do with this what you will. Uh, and that is, what does fitness mean to you? Yeah, it didn't mean anything to me. Um, I got to almost 51 years of age before I did anything about my fitness. I, I, I was 51 in, in March of this year. Um, had never paid any attention to it before. And you've mentioned my sort of busy lifestyle. An awful lot of my time was traveling around the country, staying in hotels, convincing myself I didn't have time to do anything about my fitness. And then in January of this year, I got COVID and I I was really ill and I felt terrible and had to take a whole month off work. So if the last couple of weeks has been frustrating, January was awful because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't concentrate on a half hour television program. I couldn't read because headaches and that sort of thing. And when I got better at the beginning of February, I realized... I was 18 stone, heading towards type 2 diabetes, joint problems, everything else that comes with with being overweight and unhealthy. Um, and I'd hated being ill. So I thought, this is really stupid. It, it's time 
to stop moving towards being ill by taking no notice of my health and fitness and actually do something about it. So that was when the weight loss started. I started the weight loss on the 1st of February, really specifically. Um, my son, who's a lot fitter than me, advised me to do the weight loss first and then hit the gym afterwards. So that I took his advice. He said, otherwise you'll just be hungry all the time. Um, so February through April, did heavy, heavy weight loss. When the gyms opened, um, reopened in April, we we went back to the gym. Um, and, you know, I've dropped four stones since then. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Um, really comfortable with that. You know, my, my BMI is now... The hospital were very happy about it, whereas they've been unhappy about it in the past. Um, and I feel better. I'm actually frustrated that whilst I'm recovering from what was a inguinal hernia repair, I can't do anything at the gym because I can't avoid, I can't, sorry, um, I, I, I can't run the risk of damaging that whilst it's still healing. So yeah, having gone from spending 51 years not caring about it to the last six weeks being dead frustrated that I can't do anything about it. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how these things happen. I think that, I think that it's, I mean, first off, well done on everything that you've achieved in terms of your health and fitness, because Cheers. it does, uh, it can make a huge difference um, in, in all kinds of ways, which I'm sure we'll get onto. But um, also it's, it's that funny thing, isn't it? Once you get used to a new way of behaving or a new kind of routine, it, becomes more strange it feels more unusual to not do those things yeah and when you consider the fraction of your life that it's been it can sound quite surprising but it just goes to show the power of getting certain habits in place once they once they've stuck it's it's hard to break them much like yeah. it's hard to break bad habits and it's only because you've had this kind of this forced downtime and of course we've got to be we've got to be wary of this because we don't want to get addicted to going to the gym and stuff like that but it's it's a very uh kind of it's a, a very beneficial routine to be in to have that that kind of power working for you rather than against you yeah that's that's what i intended you know when when I'm on stage, I, I, I need a lot of energy. I, I speak on stage for a living. That's, you know, that's broadly what I do. I, I need a lot of energy to do that. Even delivering things like webinars sat in this very chair takes more energy than people sort of expect to, um, you speak for 45 minutes, sat here to, to, to do things like that. And I was, I was getting tired. Um, and actually the physical health, this physical health has helped a lot with that. The physical health has helped a lot with mental health as well. That's been the unexpected benefit really that, you know, I, I don't enjoy the gym. Never going to pretend that I enjoy the gym. I don't, um, but I do it and, and I'm noticing the benefits to my mental health if I usually do the gym and then go and sit in the sauna for, for 20 minutes afterwards. And having got into that routine, that is is really helping with a, a ton of stuff and has become a habit. You know, yeah. I've been doing it for half a year now. It, it really has become a habit. I think that the, the, that connection, again, it's, it is becoming more and more talked about the fact that you've got physical health and mental health as, as two sides of the same coin you don't have one or the other you've got and we've all got both you know we talk about I think even now when mental health is more discussed than ever before I think it's still talked about in terms of mental ill health than it is in terms of like a preventative thing and we yeah. talk about physical health much more um, much more frequently in a um, in a preventative sense 
than we do with mental health. Of course, we still talk about physical health in terms of remedial and, you know, having to, having to go and get yourself fixed up when you do become ill. Um, but we, we often talk about, oh, oh what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm a bit like kind of what you were saying. You were heading down a certain path and you wanted to nip that in the bud before it got any worse. Um, sometimes it takes the, uh, I guess that warning shot across the bow to make people take a- take action. In your case, maybe it was the COVID. Um, in other people's cases, it is getting that diagnosis of type 2 diabetes or, or things like that. Um, but when you... When, when it's on the mental health side of things, it's even less preventative. People don't go, I'm going to look after my mental health until they start struggling with anxiety, depression and all the rest of it. Um, hopefully that's changing a little bit more because people are talking much more frequently about the, the links between the two and how they're two sides of the same coin. Um, what, what were some of the, what were some of the benefits there on that side of things? I mean, you, you mentioned that you're kind of feeling better and you've got more energy and things like that. What other, what kind of other things have you found that have been the knock on effects of that throughout uh, kind of your, your lifestyle that have been, uh, a result of this in change in habit? Better sleep. Um, very significantly better sleep in, in as much as I, I, at 18 stone, I had sleep apnea. So, you know, the snoring wasn't just annoying for, for, for my partner, for example, the snoring was actually stopping me sleeping. Um, I was waking multiple times a minute. I, I did a sleep study, um, with, with the hospital. So I was getting zero sleep and just learned to, to deal with that. And since then I sleep and I sleep deeply. Um, I've taken my watch off, but I track my sleep, um, and so on. And the, the change has been immense. And, and so therefore the change in just how I feel during the day. Um, and, and actually since I, I had a little operation a couple of weeks ago, I'm actually not sleeping terribly well. I had to take morphine and that sort of thing. And it's, it's really interesting. I'm sort of back to what was normal for me for 20 years or so and, and not feeling great on that, but that, that was normal. So the sleep's been a, a huge thing. I, um, I paid attention to a, I think it was a BBC documentary a few months ago about mental health as well. Um, and started taking things like, um, I take a, a decent probiotic now. Um, actually the one that, that, that was on the BBC program and so on. And I'm, I'm joining up how much of a difference that sort of thing makes when we do join up our, our health really um you know when i'm when i'm when i go to get on stage tomorrow i'll you and me have got a camera but of course your listeners haven't so this <laughs> makes no sense but I, I i'll feel my nerves in my tummy yeah so why is it such a surprise to me that actually our, our gut has a really big impact on how we feel overall because that's where I feel all my emotions. Once again, that's making no sense to your listeners. I'm pointing at my, my tummy. <laughs> um, you know, so, so taking that sort of thing more sensibly, I, um, very aggressively counted calories for four months, um, really aggressively. So was, was measuring absolutely everything that I, I ate. I also counted the nutrition because I, um, I got a bit obsessive about it, which is, is the way I do things and it's all joined up. So I'm, 
I'll tell you what it is. I'm more connected with everything. That's what mm. I was struggling with. Not that I don't get fed up every so often. Not that I don't have periods of down, but I'm more connected with that and can can usually track back now and think, oh, yeah, you know, went out with my sons at the weekend, had a few beers. No surprise on a Wednesday or Thursday that I'm feeling a bit flat when I, you know, when, when that's clearing out my system. So it's it's that sort of thing that I can join up a little bit more now that I understand it a bit better. Um, and, and also knowing, you know, I've not been able to go to the gym since we we learned that I'd, I'd done this little um, hernia damage, uh, realising just how quickly things have started to change again yeah. um, now that I can't lift weights, which is is what I was doing a lot of. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting to me how, how much I'm joining everything up now in a way that I wasn't before. It's, it's quite funny because as you were saying that, I mean, I see you as someone who is very joined up and very connected, just happens to be with other people. You know, like that's been your whole your whole thing as this uh, this this expert in networking has been about connecting with other people, joining up with other people, and what you've done is you've kind of spent um, you've spent some time this year connecting up with yourself instead, and I think that's something which a lot of us do struggle with is you know we're always we're always being told to listen to our bodies and things like that but we've forgotten how to do that if we ever knew you know i mean as a species we knew but as a as individuals we've we've kind of there's been always so much going on externally more now these days than ever before but even when we were younger um there was so much going on externally and we were so uh fixated on those things the external things that maybe we didn't ever learn how to listen to our bodies and how we feel and you know you're talking about your gut and things like that i mean that's one of the areas of most research at the moment in terms of human health because it's becoming so apparent how many different things in the body are affected by your gut health and yet it is all connected we don't have a system in our body which is which is working independently of anything else it's all connected and learning about that through obviously you know your traditional learning from reading and listening and talking to people who are experts in it but also trial and error just different stuff is going to work for you than works for me and different stuff is going to work for the next person who comes along and so trial and error yes learn from other people but also try these things and go how does that make me feel how does that kind of how, how does that play out within my own lifestyle does it fit does it not fit keep the things which work, discard the things which don't. I, I, I think something that I've really learned, and this this actually started over a year ago, and I, I was a bit ahead of the trend here because I I now work since last July or August, um, July or August 2020, I work Monday through Thursday. And for example, this week I'm speaking tomorrow. I've got Wednesday, I've got a busy day at a show with lots of people around me. I've got nothing in my diary on Thursday, um, yeah. as well as, you know, Friday I'll, I'll take as part of the weekend. I'll work on Thursday, but I'm aware of the value of space yeah. now to, to not constantly be doing the things that we feel we need to do. Here's a really weird thing, Jay. Since I supposedly cut my hours and started working a four day week, um, a year before that became, you know, fashionable, um, the business is doing better. Now, Go figure. <laughs> you know, if, if, if I get a paid speaking gig on a Friday, obviously I'll do that. 
but I'm I'm not charging about all over the country like I used to. Going to Birmingham tomorrow is really um, uh, different for us. We, we we don't travel. We work from home as much as we possibly can now. The the we um, is is me and my wife Sharon, but. I'm finding that having built that space into my routine so that I've got 90 minutes a day to go to the gym, so that I've got the time to go to the gym and have a sauna afterwards, so that I am not trying to squeeze everything into a day and a half at the weekends that I need to do personally, life feels a lot better generally. And I've got the time to do the stuff to look after my body that I should have done 30 years ago. So yeah, that's all happening as well. Do you think that that's one of the biggest uh, hurdles for, you know, the people that you work with or the people that you kind of are surrounded with a lot of the time are business people, right? And they are, again, very busy uh, as a result of the just the nature of the work they do, you know, small business owners and so on and so forth. And one of the things that I've come across quite a lot is that um, is that fear of taking time away from business fear of taking time and this is true of people who are sole traders small business owners or people who are in positions of leadership in large companies or people who aren't in positions of leadership in large companies just people who are working hard i mean i was the same when i was a teacher for example i found it very very hard to justify taking time away from work because there was always more to do there was always something else i could be doing and i've had the exact same experience as you where i've trimmed my hours back out of necessity Again, it was like, I've had my hand forced with this and I've had to trim my hours back. And as I did, as I did that, I realized I didn't actually get any less done. If, if anything, I was getting more done because I was more well rested and I was more, I I had more focus, more energy and so on. And do you, but do you think that's one of the bigger barriers for people? Yeah, I'm more present in what I'm doing because in, 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 in not, charging around the country all the time. I can be more present in this interview with you because I've got other time this morning. I've got a meeting straight afterwards, but what I'm not doing is going to a networking event and charging off straight afterwards in the car to get somewhere else. Yeah. What I convinced myself for so long was that I didn't have time to to look after myself and and therefore in not looking after myself, I was probably shortening, well, shortening my life, shortening my active life and so on. By convincing myself that I didn't have time every day, I was potentially shortening my life so that I wasn't going to have time overall for the rest of my life. It, 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 It makes no sense. You know, like a lot of people, I'm, I've got no burning desire to retire as such. And, and then having seen some of my family and, and Sharon's family who've who've not been able to enjoy retirement, I'm I'm choosing to find the time now, whilst I'm still young enough and fit enough and healthy enough to do stuff. I still get the guilt. Um yeah. having done 35 years of working for, for for other people, really, still get the guilt of not being at work nine to five. Um but I've just yeah, learn to get over myself with that and, and get on with stuff, really. I think it is a barrier for, for a lot of people. I I spent six years leaving home at 20 past five every morning, getting home at half past eight every night um, or staying away in London for, for some of the week. And, and it meant I didn't have the time to do stuff because I felt that was my role. If I, if I were to actually roll the calendar back, 
my sons would probably have preferred I was around a bit more and not earning, not earning as much. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because we, uh, if we were asked about our priorities, like even back then, if, if I'd asked you, if I'd gone back in time, spoke to Stefan, who was leaving the house at, you know, 20 past five in the morning or whatever it was until, yeah. until like half eight at night. And I asked that Stefan, I said, what, like, what are your top three to five priorities in your life? Uh, within those, within those priorities, you know, you probably have, I mean, would you, do, do you know what your priorities would have been back then? Would you be able to answer that now in retrospect? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, I come from a, a, a great background and tradition of, the male being the provider in the house, sure. so and and to provide the money, yeah. um, so it, that's that's what my top priority was to get up in the morning to go off to work. Twenty past five was really important, not half past five. You had to be over a particular junction by six a.m. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it was an extra half an hour on your journey. Um, but yeah, that that was it. That was the priority. So you you downgraded relationships with your own kids you downgraded your relationship with yourself and, and your health yeah. um because of this no one had told me that was the the case it's just what you sort of grew up understanding was was your role in life i hope that's changing i hope a lot of people are seeing that to be a provider doesn't mean killing yourself in the process that you can provide a lot more to your kids and your family by being present than just by providing money to them. That's something that I, I going to say regretfully, I learned a little bit too late, but thankfully um, my three kids are, are, are very forgiving about that. Yeah. And at least you've, like, this is the thing is at least you've learned it now. This is the thing. It's never yeah. too late to learn these lessons. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're, you know, 26 or 76. And yeah. the, the, I think as well, it's that, it's that idea where being the provider, that, that being your priority was because your family were your priority. Your family were the most yeah. important thing to you and you, you wanted to be there for them. And it was just the kind of, um, the filter through which you saw that which changed what being there for your family actually meant. And and so if your family is is kind of top priority, which it is for a huge amount of uh, I mean if you if you asked almost every single person on the planet what their top three priorities were, their family would be in the top three. Yeah. Their health would probably be in the top three as well. And those two things go hand in hand because without your health you haven't got your family because you're you know, you can't do anything with them, you know, you're a goner or whatever. And and it's it's like it, it again, a bit like all the systems in your body being linked, everything in your life is linked too. That there was the culture in the eighties and nineties of lunches for wimps, you know, sleep when you're dead, all of that. And it was quite difficult in, in quite a lot of macho sales environments to to ignore the sort of innate pressure that was there to be the last one in the office, to be the first one in the office, to be out working in the evenings as well. And yeah, I think a lot of us sort of bought into that in the past, that that was what we needed to do to be any sort of success in life. Um, I've realised, you know, success in life for me now is very different to to what I thought it was. I think things are changing. I think things are improving and the priorities are becoming more clear or rather the actions are becoming more congruent with the priorities. Yeah. Um, we're understanding these things a lot more and organizations are understanding these things a lot more and can support their staff. I think there's still a long way to go. Um, and also something I've noticed is that people, if we use people who are going into business and entrepreneurship and things like that, 
it seems to me still that people who are in the very early days of that are still very hustle, grind, and this kind of um, wearing 18 to 20 hour days as a badge of honor is still very, very much a thing. Um, but it's people in who are in the early years of entrepreneurship, but also probably early years of their of, of you know corporate work and stuff like that, because they're yeah. trying to get ahead and they're trying to match up to the people that they see doing, um, you know, what they believe is the right thing. And I think that as time goes on, it's like veterans in certain industries or veterans in uh, entrepreneurship and self employment are starting to kind of go. Oh, actually, you know what? It's not all about that. But I still see it a lot. You know, you go on Instagram and you look at entrepreneurship stuff and it's all about get up at 5 a.m. and do this, that and the other. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing magic about getting up at 5 a.m. No, I just happened to wake up at 5 a.m. because I did all those years in London doing it. Yeah, but, yeah, you're used to it. But I go to bed at nine. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not macho about that at all. I start getting tired at that time of night, so I go to bed. Yeah. Um, it's just I exist at, you know, a slightly different time of the day to everyone else. Yeah. Or, or not everyone else, but some people, you know, that's, that's what I've trained myself to do, really. But I still try and get my seven hours is what's right for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the key thing there is the what's right for me thing. Again, it ties back yeah. in with what we said earlier. If getting up at five o'clock suits you, awesome. If you try it and it isn't for you, that's cool too. You know, yeah. I get up, I've done 5am starts because I thought it was some kind of magical time. I've done that. I've gone through a period of that. And there were things about it I loved, but I got really tired from doing it. And now I get yeah. up at 7am and that's what suits me. So I think it's that thing of playing detective and finding what's right for you. Um, I know that you've got a meeting very shortly, so I am going to wrap this up with, uh, with a couple of questions to finish on. Uh, for anyone who's listening to this, who is in a position of leadership, perhaps, you know, a head of HR or a chief people officer or someone like that in a, in a, in a corporate environment, or indeed the head of a small business with a small team. And you, they want to support their people to stay well and stay fit. Uh, where would you say is a good starting point for that? And also if the individual themselves wants to make some changes and become more well, more fit and look after themselves a bit better, where would you say is a good starting point for them? In, in terms of the manager or the leader in the business, genuinely care. Um, it, 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 it's so easy to put a veneer of care. So in, in 2007, you know, someone asked me, my boss at the time asked me if, um, if I was all right, been a bit down recently and that sort of thing. And I sort of opened up to them that I had been and, you know, had been to the doctor and talked to the doctor about it. And, a couple of weeks after that, my um, my position didn't exist anymore, and it was it seemed to me to be used against me that you know oh he's a bit weak, and that was a, a word that was thrown about, and you know not coping with stuff. And what if you genuinely cared about people and gave them the time off that they needed, gave them the support that they needed? One of my clients, you know, really looks after their staff if they're going through a rough patch, if something happens at home, they they throw a ton of resource at them. And you know how loyal those people are mm -hmm. when they get back to work and how determined they are to, in their words, pay back, you know, the, the support and the care that they've been given. Genuinely care. You know, a, a, a lot of people will absolutely pay you back for it, but genuinely care. And, and and for ourselves, yeah, 
listen to ourselves, care about ourselves, listen to what your body genuinely needs. If you're not enjoying getting up and going to work in the morning, then really have a think with yourself about what that actually means. There are more jobs available in the UK currently than there ever have been. Um, there's always options. There, there's always options. I've been back to zero a couple of times and, and had to rebuild. It's not as scary as people think it is. And I'm a lot healthier body and mind as a result of now doing what I actually love. Um, and I think my life will be longer as a result of that. And I've got more time to have a relationship with my three sons. And, you know, that involved in 2007, having to go back to zero and build up again um, and again in 2018. So, you know, it's it, it's perfectly it's perfectly possible for people to do it. If your body and your mind is screaming at you that you hate what you're doing every day, have a long, hard word with yourself about whether you really need to be doing that. Yeah, have that reflection. It's been absolutely awesome chatting to you, Stefan. If anyone is listening to this and wants to kind of uh, find you online, check you out and what you do, uh, where are the best places to find you? Um, LinkedIn is where I hang out the most. Um, so go and search for me, Stefan Thomas, on LinkedIn. Um, Instagram, if you prefer Insta, um, I'm over there as Stefan Thomas and the handle is at the networking retreat, um, at the networking retreat on, on Instagram. Um, but yeah, search me by name and you'll find me on, on pretty much all of the, 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 the social media platforms. Fab. I'll put the links to your LinkedIn and your Instagram in the show notes as well. So Perfect. if anyone's listening and wants to find him. That's where you can look. Um, Stefan, once again, thank you so much for your time today. Really loved having this chat and uh, hopefully we'll see each other in real life very soon. Flattered to be invited. Cheers, Jay. Thank you for listening to Fit to Lead with me, Jay Unwin. If you're not already connected with me on LinkedIn, come and find me using the link in the podcast description and say hello. If you want me to help you improve the fitness and well-being of your team and of yourself, let's set up a call. Until next time, stay fit, stay well, and keep leading from the front.